lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings and happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can do so by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us on alternative platforms that don't censor, like MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and at Steve Dace Show on Getter. And then you can look for clips of the show as well over at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. If you are in the market for a new pair of glasses and you like mine, or maybe you'd like to see what else is out there and you're thinking, you know, I've got a problematic prescription so I got to keep going with this dorky pair. That doesn't have to be you any longer. With our friends at Better Spectacles, they are now offering Rodenstock eyewear. That's what I'm wearing, by the way. 144-year-old German company with over 500 patents considered one of the world's leaders in customized eyewear. They're offering those to you right now with your regular or problematic prescription, whichever you may have. Maybe you're like me. You're not quite ready for bifocals, but you're a little far, a little near. So you've got what they call progressive lenses, or it's just your traditional prescription. They can help you at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. You'll get a teleoptical appointment with one of the best trained opticians in the country. And then they've got an introductory offer to get you started. 61% off their ghost spec lenses. Plus, they throw in those handcrafted Rodenstock frames for free. When you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve, again, betterspectacles.com slash Steve. All right, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we felt like we shortchanged our our new uh, enthusiastic throng over at Getter. We shortchanged you a little bit last week with the Monday Town Hall Ask Me Anything. So we're going to let you guys ask the questions again. There were Plenty of holdover good questions that Todd says we didn't have a chance to get to, so we'll get to as many of those this week as we can, but that will come after we lay out the definitive verdict on Fauciism for you. We're going to go over a lot of data at the beginning of next hour, and we're going to take a look at, did the states that most followed Fauci's China-style authoritarian edicts outperform the states who most resisted? We'll get into that with you and more next hour again a lot to get to here today but we begin as we always do with aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by a weekend of kickboxing and margaritas white house press secretary jen saki who everybody knows is also a licensed therapist had this advice for the country and those who are fed up with the administration's handling of everything my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated sad angry pissed off Feel those emotions, go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend, and then wake up on Monday morning. we got to keep fighting. Anywho, here's what Kamala Harris had to say about the Biden administration's priorities for the new year. Where do you see yourself this year going forward with immigration? What are your expectations? So it was one of the first things we did as an administration, which is to send a bill up to Congress for immigration reform, for a pathway to citizenship. We feel very strongly about this. Yep. Amnesty for millions of illegals is on the docket. However, the Biden administration is now reportedly preparing to send thousands of U.S. military troops to the border. 
of Ukraine. This comes amid increasing tensions between Russia and Ukraine, obviously a problem America has to deal with now because reasons. In addition, the Biden State Department informed U.S. citizens currently in Ukraine that they're probably unable to get them out and they should leave via commercial flights. Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee tweets, quote, Republicans have no business interfering in your private medical decisions, period. In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul says masking kids is like making them put shoes on. My daughter had a meltdown over having to put sneakers on to go to kindergarten. She got used to wearing sneakers in school. They just, they, they adapt better than adults do. Anthony Fauci says you'll have to pry his job from his cold, dead fingers. Does any of this make you want to leave your post, leave your job? What does your family say? Well, um, obviously it's very stressful on my family, my wife and my children, the continual attacks and the ad hominems that are related to nothing but pushing back on the public health principles that I talk about. But this is too important. This is the kind of thing that I've devoted my entire career. In D.C. this weekend, two marches took place. One, the annual March for Life, which had its typical massive crowd. And the other, a march against vaccine and medical apartheid, which many, many thousands showed up for. And now this, a story that's been repeated all too often across the country in the past couple of years, and this last year in particular. This one comes from our own backyard. The Iowa Board of Medicine has drafted what amounts to criminal charges against a Bettendorf, Iowa doctor for so-called COVID-19 disinformation and off-label drug prescriptions like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. If this investigation by the board goes against the doctor, he could face license suspension at best and real criminal charges at worst. In completely unrelated news, that study we told you about last week got its own story at the Associated Press over the weekend. Natural immunity superior to vaccines against Delta variant, CDC study finds. Lefty author and former New York Times editor Barry Weiss set the Twitter sphere on fire over the weekend after her appearance on Real Time with Bill Maher. No, I'm, I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm done. It's yeah. like I, I went so hard on COVID. I, yeah, I remember. sprayed the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store, stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like, I did it all. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. Like, we all did it, right? No, no, we didn't all do it. Well, here's the thing. A lot of us us did do it. And then we were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to be, you know, smeared as a trumper. And finally, after the Bengals beat the Titans in the AFC divisional round on Saturday, a CBS sports reporter interviewed Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow standing six feet away from him just to be, you know, extra cautious. After he thought the camera had cut away, he walked back up to the QB and gave him a hug. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by It's Just Science. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Virtue signaling. Uh, No, Uh, our friends over at uh, My Patriot Supply, you know, the average American family has only about a week's worth of food at home. What about you? What happens if it could never happen here? Happens here again. Are you prepared? Well, right now uh, you can get food that stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. 
that will be there when you need it, and meals that average about 2,000 calories a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks for you and all of your loved ones. It's called their four-week emergency food kit. Don't wait for it could never happen here to happen again. Be prepared today, and they won't send the chartreuse van with the doom prepper neon sequined lighting uh, on the on the side, so everybody knows what's going down at your house. If you want uh, some level of uh, privacy, it'll come in a very nondescript way. All right, you can save fifty dollars per kit today for everybody in your family at preparewithdace.com. Preparewithdace.com. We're going to discuss what has was an interesting discussion that took place within the conservative uh, media sphere in response to Barry Weiss's comments uh, to Bill Maher uh, over the weekend about how she's done with COVID. And, and, and Aaron, you're correct. I mean, Maher's response right away, not me. I, hey, I'll, I'll back Bill on this. I mean, Bill put out a video during lockdowns. Yep pointing out how silly this was. I remember talking about, have you ever taken a black light to a hotel room? You ever seen all the various bacteria and, and, and things just strumming around in those kinds of places, the germs. Okay. I mean, he has been fairly good on this uh, all along. In fact, he goes on to say in that clip, no way in hell I'm getting the booster. I, 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 what's the point of it? I already did it once. You know, I, I took one. I didn't want to get the shot the first time I took one for the team. I'm not getting the booster. But this has sparked a conversation about whether people like Barry Weiss should be welcomed in for now seeing things clearly, or if, hey, it was because of people like you that my kids lost a year of their lives, if not more. It's because of people like you, my grandmother died alone because you guys fell for this canard from the very beginning. We're going to discuss that in today's overtime. All right. What? What's the line between mercy triumphing over judgment and accountability? We'll get into that today for our Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. We will record that after today's program, and then it will be uploaded there for you to watch later today at blazetv.com slash dace, which is also where you can go to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV today if you're not yet a subscriber. Again, at blazetv.com slash dace. The, the two things I think we probably should highlight, the three things I think we should highlight the most from Aaron's montage is, is first of all, um, the, the march against the mandates yesterday. And that could very well be the most unique political coalition of people in recent American history. Arguably, in all of American history. I mean, I, I never thought I would ever see much of right-wing Twitter that I hold in the highest regard from a respect and consistency standpoint affirmatively and enthusiastically sharing comments, applauding and retweeting Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and yet here we are. I, I mean, Daniel Horowitz will tell you, he's to the right of Attila the Hunt on a few things. Dr. Pierre Corey, who's a lifelong lib, was one of the people there. and I mean, he was tweeting to Daniel over the weekend about how, what a hero he's been throughout this ordeal, which he has been, by the way. But I, I, 
And this kind of goes a little bit to the conversation we're going to have about Barry Weiss's comments and and the reaction to them in in, in the overtime today. But ultimate truth, ultimate truth, actual truth, absolute truth, the truth. transcends a lot of these differences. What doesn't is that the list of people who are really, truly interested in the truth, ultimate truth, absolute truth at any given time, particularly in times like these, is small. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. Thank you. Yes. That's the issue. I mean, that's that's the issue. I would love to sit down with RFK Jr. sometime, even just privately, and see, hey, I want to take the standard that you upheld on COVID, Stan. Are you willing to do this on a broader slate of existential issues or just this one? See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think think that's really, if you're looking for who are are my allies now? I mean, Scott Gottlieb is out there over the weekend saying it's too early to end mask mandates in schools. Earlier this month, he said cloth masks don't work. Some very prominent people in conservative, quote-unquote, conservative media that people like you and I have helped make superstars that have endorsed my previous books. They held Scott Gottlieb up for the better part of 2020 as a real source of information. Have they come clean about that? Have they said, hey, you know, I got that one wrong. At least Barry Weiss is over there saying, hey, dude, I bought in. I got had. If you're wondering who are our allies, and you should be wondering that in this day and age, folks. Absolutely need to be wondering that. Constantly, actually. When the truth is fully revealed, who responds? And then better yet, when it's not yet fully revealed, who seeks it out? Who seeks it out? Is there a way short of ultimate spiritual revival to save this country? No. And it may not be in the cards. We, we, we very well may be watching the end of our run historically. We've had a good run, and if that's the case, it certainly is not undeserved. Now, on our show, we'd prefer that to not be the verdict, but we're not God. We don't know the future. So we're going to fight like we want that verdict to not come down from on high, but then ultimately recognize if it does, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It ain't like it's undeserved. But short of that ultimate spiritual revival, could, we, could there be enough political, societal, 
cultural reform that could push back the spirit of the age in a natural sense. Similar to how we've used societal or cultural or political mechanisms in the past to push back against other demonic manifestations, like the Third Reich, for example. The answer is yeah. And the, and, and, and the yes is the coalition of people that you saw amass yesterday in, in, in opposition to COVID stand. That level of broad-based coalition right there. And we're just here because of what the truth is. That's how. Now, it's very difficult to acquire in any day and age, but especially this one, because hyper-partisan content is so, um, is, is so successfully monetized. But there's a glimmer of hope there in the coalition that was amassed not even necessarily because of its size. If I'm being brutally honest, I was hoping it was going to be a little bit bigger. But it's in, in, its, in its level of complexity and true diversity. People that have some varying perspectives on things coming together around a shared goal. What is true? Boy, if we can just have a lot more conversations about what is objectively true, What's real? What is true? Things would look a hell of a lot different around here. Unfortunately, that's the one question the spirit of the age least wants us to have. And so it's getting more difficult to acquire. And here's what happens when you are willing. When you are willing to follow the truth. You end up in a situation like Dr. David Hartsuch in her own backyard. Now, I've not spoken with David in several years, but I've known him for a long time. Why? Because he used to be a state senator. This is not, you know, some local rinky-dink quack who read in a Reddit form, Ivermectin works, and went over to the farm and fleet and started feeding the horse dewormer to his clients and patients. That, I mean, this is a former state senator. This Although that, that would have been better medicine still than a lot of doctors uh, were well, practicing. Well, ain't that, ain't that true? I'll just tell you right now, is, is, I didn't even look at the, at the live read sheet. Let me look at this really quick and see if it's on today. It is not. I, I took my stash... Of the Zelenko Z-Stack. I gave you guys each one, right? We got three samples. I took mine, and I next day aired it to a buddy of mine in Michigan. In his 50s, was down for the count with COVID for well over a week, despite being fully jabbed, by the way. Down for the count for over a week. I next day aired it to him late last week. It arrived Friday. He just sent me a note. He's been, he's been on it for three days. I cannot believe how much better I feel. That's the Z-Stack. Could have been doing that for two years. Could have been doing that for two years. David Hartsuch, the former state senator, not a quack. He's not doing anything illegal. These medicines are absolutely FDA authorized. 
they're not CDC guideline compliant for COVID, but who's your, who is your physician, government guidelines or your local doctor? Everyone within the sound of my voice right now, ask yourself this question. Whom would you prefer to entrust your health to? Rachel Walensky, Anthony, or Rochelle Walensky, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, Michael Redfield, Andy Slavitt, Eric Feigelding. Or your local physician. That's what I thought. They're trying to bully him. Now, David doesn't even know this because I've not even communicated with Dave about this. But I spent a good deal of time on the phone yesterday with a, one of the closest personal friends of Governor Reynolds explaining this entire scenario. I've already gone to other contacts I have as well. I'm grateful they're actually attempting to do something like this in my backyard. I've read about so many stories like this from Ryan Cole in Idaho to Minnesota and other, with the state legislator there and ever, all kinds of other places. I don't have any real ability to influence or do anything about it there. Here, though, I do. So we'll see how it goes. Because what's our motto this year? Let's find out. Let's find out. You know, we took our movie down to Oklahoma in the spirit of the age, got some unions together. Thought I was just messing with a little independent Christian film production. Didn't truly understand who it was stepping to. And in a span of a few weeks, with the help of some very well-connected political friends in Oklahoma, we turned that damn state upside down and finished our movie. Likewise, maybe you should have picked another state to do this, someplace else. Because we're going to find out. We're going to find out if there's really a right to try still in America or not. So I appreciate all of you that have emailed me about this. I've been at work on this for the last two or three days. I'm absolutely going to push the issue on this issue. And already have at the highest levels here in our state. We'll see how it goes. May not work out well, but you know what? Let's find out. Let's punch back. What the hell? Been just sitting there taking a bunch of punches. Aren't you at least a slight bit curious what might happen once if you actually punched back? Right? I'm Amen. curious. Amen. May not may not turn out the way you like. Who knows? I don't know. May they might come back with a howitzer. I don't know. I do know this though. There's only one way to find out. So let's find out. I didn't know that we were going to successfully push back against the Hollywood unions in Oklahoma either, but we did. I mean, I could have just stood there and said, I, you know, these things are just too big, too well-organized, too well-funded. We're just, I'm, I don't know anybody really in this state. Lo and behold, just so happens, like one of the cabinet secretaries, a loyal listener to this podcast, contacted him. He contacted several other people. And before he, I just decided, you know what, let's find out. Let's find out what happens if we push back on these sons of a gun. And lo and behold... They lost. Huh. Weird. So, I know this. You lose 100% of the fights, you don't fight. I know that. Doesn't mean you win 100% of the ones you do, right? But I do know you lose 100% of the fights when, you don't throw the, when you're the one that doesn't throw the punch. I know that.
I know that. So we're going to throw a punch or two. Let's just see what happens. Finally, I've, I've, I've gone down this road a little bit before. This reminds me so much of what went on with Obama and Syria. And we were able to stop the winds of needless war there. And it's, we're going to have to do it here again. Man, I, when I started doing this full-time in 2006, if you went back and found my 2006 self and 15 years later said, hey, I want to play a clip of you in the future, I'd be like, no way I said that. I am a Reagan baby. I am a we're America bitch. That's why. Reagan era baby. I am a proud, ugly American. But you know that conversation we just had about this unique coalition that amassed over the truth, right? Yeah. So here's the other thing that happens. When you follow the truth, the spirit of the age will push back. That's what doctors like David Hartsett are finding out right now. This, this will not be non-confrontational. I mean, the, the devil's not like, oh, snap, man. Isn't it adorable? All right, they're actually going to take a stand. I guess I'm moving on here. No, no, no. The other thing that has to happen, though, if we're going to be a people of truth, is we really got to examine, you know, I said a few minutes ago, I'd love to sit down with RFK Jr. or somebody like him, that, that I suddenly find myself in, um, you know, a mutual admiration society with and see, let, let's discuss a broader slate of issues and let's just follow the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's just follow the truth and see what, on everything else. Why, not just on this. That has to work both ways though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't, that means he gets to do it with me too, right? Yes. Yeah. So here's an opinion. If, if I'm going to be a person of truth, I never thought I'd ever have. I mean, like ever. I don't give a runny turd with corns in it what Vladimir Putin does to Ukraine or Ukraine on any level. I don't. Never in a million years would I encourage my son or any of yours to enlist in the cause of upholding the values of the spirit of the age and then to throw their lives away for nothing in a place like Ukraine. We are under no greater threat right now as a people than from our own government. Vladimir Putin does not, has not attempted to choke me out against my will or our children. Vladimir Putin has not attempted to make me a lab rat for an unaccountable global conglomerate pharmaceutical company whose real-time human trials, Anthony Fauci admitted in 2020 on a video I tweeted out earlier today, are actually taking place right now. On you and I. Vladimir Putin didn't stop our churches from opening for a year or more. Vladimir Putin didn't stop our family businesses from go, from opening and then maybe causing them to go under and never return. Vladimir Putin's not the reason we're on the edge of a mental health cliff. 
That is not here. That's not to say I think Vladimir Putin's a swell guy. I'm not looking at real estate in Russia right now. What it is to say, though, is I've got a lot bigger fish to fry and a lot bigger enemies of my way of life right now than Vladimir Putin. And their names are Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Anthony Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, the, Med- the Iowa Board of Medicine going after the two doctors in my own backyard who are trying to treat people with things that actually might heal them. Should I go on? Teachers unions. Teachers unions. Have the amount of hospitals that have, I can't tell you how many they've, of our people they've murdered. I just, what I, what I don't know is whether they did it wantonly or whether they just didn't know. I have a hard time as this goes on for into a second year believing all these hospitals just don't know about these treatments or that what they're doing with, let me drug you and put you on a ventilator and then let's flip a coin and see if you walk out really is a righteous thing to do. I'm a lot more threatened. And so is everyone right now within the sound of my voice. You're a lot more threatened by a lot of people waving your flag than you are whatever the hell Vladimir Putin has in mind in Ukraine. This has been my TED Talk. We'll come back. Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader is going to join us here in a moment. Stay tuned. If you like a good snack throughout the day, but you're also doing that, hey, man, I overdid it over Christmas and I got to get healthy again uh, time of year thing, as we often do this time of year. Uh, the good news is with our friends over at Built Bar, you don't have to choose an either or anymore. I'm telling you, these protein bars are so good. I mean, especially the chocolate chip cookie dough. You're going to feel like there's no way this is not cheating. All right. They, they are the best protein bar You've ever had so many great flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate, loaded with flavor, loaded with protein, not loaded with calories. A lot of them are 140, 150 calories or less, not loaded with carbs or sugars well into the single digits on grams for where that's concerned. You just, I know it sounds too good to be true. Try it yourself and just see if I'm telling you the truth or not. Right now, get 15% off when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, and use the promo code DACE at built.com for Built Bar. 15% off with the promo code DACE at built.com for Built Bar. Let's welcome in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. We won't be seeing him for a while. He's heading down to his uh, monthly getaway uh, in uh, February in Florida, as the rich as the rich people do. Bob, good to see yeah, you. Yeah, that's not the rich people at all. Doing a lot of business, a lot of ministry, things of that nature. Um, so again, I, I like the rich too, writing it all off, pretending no, that it's for no, some no, other no, cause no, no. at our expense. <laughs> yes. Anyhow, it's good to see you, Steve. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so I thought I feel like I'm cheating, not even on a built bar. But so, go ahead. So over the years, I've had a lot of opportunity to critique you oh, get and what here. you think and 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 what you have to say i thought it would be fun for once especially since it'll be a few weeks before we do this again all right if we let you critique me i'd love to and, critique and, and, you. and turn the uh how the t- how the turn tables right all right ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun Indeed. isn't that what you say yes yeah i learned that from my mama yeah so on friday night 
I had a rare opportunity. This is only the second time in my entire career I have been invited on a primetime show on Fox News. And, and it was the same show both times, as a matter of fact. So Friday night, I had a chance to appear on Tucker Carlson's program to talk about Anthony Fauci. This clip's only about four minutes, all right? So we're going to play the clip, and I'm going to let you now, you get to critique me when it's over. Fair? Fair. And just so you know, I have watched it already, so I'm looking, oh, okay. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Right. Well, I think your audience would like it, and um, I think Tucker liked it. I think Tucker had you on just to be entertained for a while. <laughs> that was really good. All right, and it's a short while, but here it is. Over the past year, Tony Fauci has been very clear that he is science incarnate. When you criticize Tony Fauci, you, my friend, are attacking science. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable for them. It's called the truth. So when you criticize me, it means you're against the truth. So who would say something like that? except maybe as a joke. Anyone who'd say something like that seriously is like a nutcase, like a narcissist, a solipsist. And Tony Fauci is. But it turns out it's even worse than we realized. He's truly in love with himself. Take a look at this image of Tony Fauci's office. This is from a scene in Tony Fauci's documentary on Disney+. Plus. You can see Tony Fauci as a portrait of himself on the left. He also has a Tony Fauci bobblehead. And then he's got a Tony Fauci candle, because why wouldn't he? And on the shelf, Tony Fauci is an ornament that reads this way, quote, Tony Fauci, the student, researcher, and healer patriot. The guy's a nutcase, actually, obviously. Steve Deese has been on to this for a long time. He's the author of Fauci and Bargain, and we're happy to have him join us tonight. Steve, thanks so much for coming in, and congratulations for calling this before most people did, and in clearer terms. But I mean, would you have in your office portraits of Steve Deese surrounding your desk and maybe a prayer candle with your image on it? Like, who would do that, honestly? Uh, Tucker, I originally planned on coming in here and clubbing this in the spirit of Nancy Pelosi showing us her imported ice cream collection while we're locked down with our businesses shuttered. That but then I got so to good. thinking, you know. Yes. Then I got to thinking, you know what? Let's let us not here at a, at a divisive time. Let us not bury Lord Farquaad, but let us praise him. I mean, after all, it is a long day. It is a hard day's night, uh, Tucker, when you get up every morning knowing that you've got a grueling slate of just groveling, genuflecting, uh, adulating media interviews over Zoom awaiting you in between, of course, uh, trying to uh, you know, erase any ties between you and the Wuhan Institute and EcoHealth Alliance. And, and after going through that hard day's night all the live long day, listen, let he, he who has not chilling like a villain in a shrine to themselves cast the first stone. Don't we all do this? So in other words, if you spend, say, 14 hours a day covering for the authoritarian government of China, even as you brag about yourself to Teen Vogue, you're too exhausted for self-reflection? It's just science, Tucker. It's just <laughs> science. <laughs> so the question is, and this is sort of a deeper question, but 
Like you called this really early. You wrote a book about it, a really good book. Mm -hmm. That this guy is completely unqualified to give life advice to anybody. You wouldn't have him dog sit for you. And yet he took control of the entire country without an election. Why did we allow that to happen? I think that what we've recognized here is we've never vested this much power into one person. For the, for the last 23 yeah. months, whether you could go to school, could breathe free air, have a business open, could go to church and worship, I mean, basic things every previous generation of this country took for granted really rested in his hands, and that was without a single vote cast. And I really hope that what's happened over the last 23 months has shown people it is not going to be enough just to drain the swamp. We're going to have to ab absolutely completely reinvent this, the relationship between the governed and the government here and put, it, and put the power back where it belongs and not with an endless administrative state that is powered with edicts and is not accountable to the voters. It's totally right. And ask ourselves, you know, why did we hand our personal autonomy to a Stalinist dwarf who thinks he's God? I mean, it is, it, I, I really think we should look within, like, why would we do that? But anyway, Steve Deese, your, I think your book answers a lot of those questions. It's great to see you tonight. All right. So, Bob, your thoughts? First of all, I'm glad Tucker had you on. And I thought you did a, a really masterful job of bringing the audience in to bring Tucker in. I, I think one of the best ways to get people to listen to you is get them to laugh initially, uh, bring in references that, um, that they could relate to. And you did a lot of that, you know, with the Beatles, a hard day, a hard day's night, uh, living out the whole day long, whatever that next lyric is. But then I think Tucker also led you right in the opportunity to say, you know, what's going on here? How in the world did this guy get this kind of power? And why are we allowing this to continue? And then you giving basically, if I'm Mark Meckler, uh, a convention of states commercial of saying we need to restore the relationship between who is the, the between the governed and the governed. And so, um, I, again, Steve, I thought you did a masterful job. I think Tucker would be wise to have you on more often. So I, I know people are going to get on the whole uh, name pronunciation thing. I, um, it, it actually might be Deese. I don't know. I mean, half, half of this, <laughs> half of this it's like the whole Kirk Ferentz, Ferentz thing. Yeah. And I've heard him say before, I don't know, half of the family actually says Ferenc. Half of our family in the past has actually said Deese. I was just told it was Dace. So I could be pronouncing it wrong. But as long as they spell the name right, I don't really care. Well, as long as they have you on air, who cares? Yeah. As long as they get to the website, who cares? I mean, you think of a name like Vanderplatz, this has not happened. They did a whole radio segment on how do you pronounce my name? Vanderplatz, Vanderplates, Vanderplants. We get everything. So uh, I totally get that. So... We're going to have a conversation in the overtime today. There, there was a clip that went viral over the weekend from Barry Weiss. She's a former uh, editor at the New York Times. And she was on with Bill Maher over the weekend. And uh, she was talking about how, you know, she originally did everything they told her to do, disinfected clothes, everything. Okay. And then it just, as more and more data came in, it was obvious they didn't know what the hell they were talking about mm -hmm. or lying, one of the two. And now she's just totally done and over, over it. And this clip went viral, and there's been an interesting conversation that has gone on in response to it about whether she should be welcomed for, for, for having her eyes opened, or, hey, it was people like you that were the reasons that, you know, my grandmother died alone. Mm -hmm. People like you were the reason why my kids lost going on a, a, a second year of their lives now. They cannot get back. 
people like you are the reason why my family business went under and it's never coming back. See where I'm going with this? Sure. Okay, I'm in therapy now because I lost a year of my life because people like you complied with all this, uh, this all this garbage. And and so this is this has spawned an interesting conversation I think over the weekend about when does mercy triumph over judgment? Where is accountability at? Okay, because one of the things you hear Tucker say in that program to me is, "Hey, you might have been the first person to figure out this guy wasn't on the up and up." And for me, it, it's just a biblical worldview thing. I, I don't believe in infallible human nature. Yeah. You tell me any human figure is infallible, and immediately. I'm going to look to prove that that is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Even before I might even know what the proof might be. I might not even know what the proof is. I just don't believe that. Okay, You're also a data guy, and the data wasn't adding up. Mm -hmm. And that's what led you to really get out in front of this thing about the numbers just are not adding up about why are we shutting down all these businesses? Why are we taking all your freedoms away when the numbers aren't there to substantiate this? So where do you come down on that? Because one of the things I will get into in the overtime today is, I mean, I... um, I was all for the Iraq war. I think now in hindsight, it was at the very least among the worst foreign policy decisions this country has ever made, maybe the worst. I was convinced Trump would never do almost anything of significance that he was talking about on the campaign trail. Ended up doing far more of it, or at least attempting to, than I ever envisioned, right? So, I mean, those are fairly substantial recent historical issues I I, I turned out to be on the wrong side of. For everybody who wants to give me credit on this. So where do you come down on when is somebody trying to gaslight me that they just now get it? When do we say, hey, we appreciate the fact, hey, you know, that um, um, that you get it now? Where do you come down on this? Well, I think we're just a long ways away from uh, give me the facts, book them, Dano. That's all there is. It, because to me, a boy's a boy and a girl's a girl. And I think it's okay to take in the information that uh, we've been given. There's no doubt there's a there's a pandemic coming our ways. You know, we should be alerted to this stuff. But get the information and then treat people like adults and let people make their own decisions. Whether it's they want to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, uh, that's up to them. But to me, once you got vaccinated, why are you crying out about the unvaccinated? You just so-called protected yourself. Mm-hmm. The thing it is is that we lost all threads of common sense. And the facts have now been a narrative behind it to say, I want to force you. I want to push you. It's why, quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers over the weekend, too, there's a big deal about Aaron Rodgers calling a spade a spade about, you know what? This is garbage. We can no longer have a basically public discourse or debate because if I disagree with you, all of a sudden I'm banished. Uh, I, I get blocked off everything or I get censored or I get whatever it might be. And people are seeing this. And I think you're starting to see America do kind of what you just did on Tucker, saying, you know what, we're done with this. Drain the swamp is just not enough. Mm-hmm. It's about what what is my freedom and who gets to determine what my freedom is. When When people have shown that they were on the wrong side of that for the longest time, and now when it seems like the momentum is on your side and they now suddenly seem like, you know what, you guys had a lot of great points. Do you welcome them in, or are you, do you, are you suspicious? Well, I, I think it's okay to welcome them. I mean, it's kind of like the pro-life movement. I was pro-choice, 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 whoever it was. Now I start, now suddenly, you know what, now I'm pro-life. There's a lot of great examples and stories of that. Abby Johnson being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue Thayer out of Iowa being another one. We welcome them in. So to me, what I said to um, I said to Governor Nome on the whole girls' sports issue one time, it's okay to be wrong. I mean, a lot of us are wrong a lot of the times. 
The problem is you just don't want to stay wrong. And right now, I think you're, what you're seeing with her stance on girls' sports today, she's decided I'm not going to stay wrong on this issue. And that's where I'm at. You know, it's okay. I mean, I, Bob Varenplatz is wrong a lot. Steve Dace, probably not very often, but every once in a while, we're wrong, right? Just don't stay wrong. Hmm. You guys have any thoughts on that before we get out of here? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. <laughs> but the difference is mostly people on our side who now want to take the easy way of pretending they were on our side all along without reflecting, without admitting that they not only were controlled by the panic porn, but preachers of it. Purveyors you, no, of no, it, yeah. you, you absolutely need to come correct first because we are, you're just going to be part of the problem down the road. That's the problem. You need to reflect on this now and change. Otherwise, we are just going to get the next COVID tomorrow. Yeah. So, Todd, what you just said, and you take the examples I gave you, Abby Johnson, and Sue Thayer, not Governor Nome, but those two, they both were very open about I was wrong. I bought into this stuff, mm-hmm. and now I'm pro-life. So you're right. There has to be an element of acknowledgement. There has to be a reason for the change, right? Yes. And so to me, just acknowledge why you changed and what led you to that change, and then make sure that we don't do this again. So how much should our audience hate you that you're going to be in Florida over the next few weeks while they, <laughs> well, they suffer under the brutality of another American winter. They shouldn't. Uh, they should be welcoming that I'm in Florida doing my job of what I'm supposed to be doing there. And if you'd like to have me Skype in from time to time, I'm happy to Skype in and give your audience an update of what, what a weather forecast, what the weather's like. Uh, it's a different white there. It's a white sand. Just chilling with a margarita like Jen Psaki says. <laughs> no, probably not a margarita, but uh, probably chilling. Well, have a good time, man. All right. All right. God bless you guys. You bet. Same to you. So next hour, we're going to lead off with the final verdict on Fauciism. There is some amazing data out there. It is all-cause excess mortality estimates for both the U.S. and every state in the U.S. in 2021. And, and that's really the ultimate verdict about what, whether or not what you attempted to do in a public health scenario, was successful. Because everything else can be lied about, fudged, you know, like they now are telling us the truth about natural immunity after lying about it for the previous, you know, uh, 22 months. Uh, you can lie and fudge and and and, and nudge numbers and, and frame them. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics, okay? Uh, you can do that with a lot of these, but you can't really do that with, you know, my loved one was alive when they went in the hospital. They're not anymore. My loved one was alive when they went into one of Andrew Cuomo's nursing homes or Gretchen Whitmer's nursing homes. They're not anymore, right? There's a certain, the one number you cannot lie about is excess mortality. We're going to look at those numbers and we're going to find out, did the states that most closely followed Anthony Fauci's China style of authoritarianism outperform the states that most resisted it? Those numbers are next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also 
Look for us where they don't censor us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and at Steve Day Show on Getter. Speaking of which, we kind of shortchanged y'all on Getter last week with our Ask Me Anything. You're going to get a, another crack at it to come later this hour with this week's Monday Town Hall Ask Me Anything. So stay tuned for that. You can also get clips of the show that are free to watch and then free of censorship over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Um, this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. You know, you don't get a lot of chances these days to do business with those who are not trying to end your way of life. And so when that opportunity presents itself, especially when it comes to a product that almost every one of us has to have in this day and age, and that's a mobile phone, take full advantage of it with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. We we kind of waited it was going to be a hassle and, you know, we got to pay off the bill to the other phone company. And then we've got five different phones and plans with teenagers. And so, you know, just we thought it was going to be a massive struggle to make all that switch over. And then we just decided, you know what, we're tired of funding our enemies. So here's an option. We don't have to do it anymore. Let's bite the bullet and do it. We couldn't believe how simple it was. They made it extremely simple. We got all the same coverage and everything we're accustomed to. We even upgraded our phones as well. So if you want to give them a shot, first of all, veterans, first responders, if you're one of them, let them know when you uh, when you buzz the tower over there at Patriot Mobile. They'll give you even bigger discounts. For everybody else right now, they're offering you a free activation when you use my last name, Dace, as your offer code at patriotmobile.com slash Dace. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dace. Everybody uses the same towers, so you're all pretty much getting the same networks no matter where you go, so why not go somewhere that is aligned with you at patriotmobile.com slash Dace, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. So, in the end, data wins. In the end, the truth wins. As we continue to more and more have conversations now about moving on from whatever the hell the last 23 months was, as we see countries like the UK, Czechoslovakia, and there will be others, are now moving on from whatever the hell the last 23 months was. Was it worth it? Today is the day now that I think we have enough data that we can answer that question. We can pronounce a verdict on Fauciism, and the verdict is now in. Was he right? Let's find out. First, I want to start with a baseline here. I want to show you a trend line of America's jab rate. Now, this goes back to the end of November, so almost exactly two months as you can see, if you're watching on Blaze TV or later today over on Rumble, the trend line of being double jabbed slashed fully jabbed has only moved from 59.1% to 63.3% in the last two months. This data is from the Mayo Clinic. It was at, If you go back two further months, it was 57.8% on September 24th. So despite all the attempted mandates, calls for more boosters, the arrival of winter, sending records now with daily cases, et cetera, we really haven't moved this number that dramatically. And uh, it, it, pretty much every significant block of people in the United States that were willing to be lab rats for this ongoing experimental technology human trial have already agreed to do so, unless we're talking about now the youngest of children who they're about to approve for their real-time human trials.
This means we've had a fairly consistent baseline of who is and isn't fully jabbed for quite a while now. And that gives us a a good statistical baseline for drawing data conclusions from such a a stable base of of, of population. So with that determined, now let's look next at the latest estimates of all-cause excess mortality according to numbers provided by our very own CDC. And this is compared to the expected deaths that they expected that year. This, in my opinion, is the most important baseline statistic for measuring the success of our efforts against the virus. Most of the other data points we look at or are fed could be fudged or manipulated. And that's honestly why I use their data all the time, because it's this is the best case presentation is what they're feeding us. And it already looks bad. What's the real data look like? But it's hard to do it with this one. Either these people are still alive or they are not. All right. Here's the thing when you look at this trend line. And now look at the two bullet points at the bottom. That note at the bottom there is very important. And and for those of you that are listening, it talks about the fact in 2020, all-cause excess mortality or deaths were 13.6% higher than what was expected that year. And in 2021, it increased even more. It was 15.2% more than the expected deaths that year. All right? Keep in mind, 2020 is before we had any jabs. Effective early treatment was not available to the masses. Monoclonals were not even approved until November of 2020. So late until the fourth quarter of that year, there wasn't any prescribed treatments. And yet, with at least 500 million doses, I think as of today, we've given out 545 million doses of this jab to Americans. So by the time we reached the first, the end of last year, we would have at least been at 500 million. With at least 500 million doses of jab given nationwide, and now effective early treatments somewhat available to the masses, estimated all-cause excess mortality when compared with expected deaths was worse in 2021 than it was in 2020. What is the benign and innocent explanation for this? Is there one? Let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's break down the CDC's estimated all-cause excess mortality for 2021 by state compared to its expected deaths. Now, in 2020, every state but Hawaii and Vermont had more estimated all-cause excess mortality than was expected going into that year. And I think that's to be expected. We were in the throes of a pandemic. We had no jabs. We had no early treatments, okay? But shouldn't that list have grown substantially in 2021, given the fact we've handed out over 500 million doses of jab? Well, here is the percentage increase slash decrease for every state's estimated all-cause mortality in 2021. These I've listed now, if you're watching, from the states that fared the best to the worst. Now, you're going to notice as we go through this list that some of these states are in bold and others are italicized. I'm going to explain why that's the case here in a few minutes. All right, but listen here for your state. I'm going to go through all 50. The best state performance was Rhode Island. It saw a 6.9% decrease in excess all-cause mortality. North Carolina was number two. It saw a 1% decrease. And now that's it. That is the full exhaustive list of states that did better with all-cause excess mortality in 2021 than they did in 2020. 
You'll notice Vermont and Hawaii, they were the only two states that had a better performance in 2020, didn't make the list this time. 500 million doses of jab, at least. And for that, we got two states that improved in all-cause excess mortality. Here's how the rest of the states did with their rate of increase. Ironically, West Virginia was third. I think it's the second least jabbed state in the union, by the way, at 2.7%. Massachusetts, 3.4%. Hawaii, 3.7%. Nebraska, 5.3%. Maryland, 6.8%. New Jersey, 7.3%. South Carolina, 7.5%. New Hampshire, 7.6%. You can see right away, these are not insignificant increases, okay? South Dakota, 8.5%. Utah, 8.5%. Vermont, Vermont went from being one of the only states to improve its all-cause excess mortality in 2020 to being 8.9% worse than it was the year before. Iowa, 9.8%. Pennsylvania, 10.3%. Minnesota, 10.4%. Wisconsin, 10.7%. New York, 10.8%. We're now into double digits now. Illinois, 11.2%. North Dakota, 12.2%. Washington, 12.7%. Delaware, 13.9%. Maine, 14.2. Missouri, 14.6. Indiana, 15.4. Kentucky, 15.6. Virginia, 15.7. Oregon, 16.1. Connecticut, 16.3. Ohio, 17% worse. Colorado and Michigan, 17.1% worse. California, 17.5% worse. Same as Idaho. Louisiana, 17.8. Alabama, 18.8. Montana, 19%. Oklahoma, 19.1. Florida, 19.8. Tennessee, 20. Georgia, 20.5. Nevada, 21. Arkansas, 21.6. Mississippi, 22.7. Texas, 24. New Mexico, 27% worse. Alaska, 27.1% worse. Wyoming, 28.6%. And Arizona was 30.2% worse with all-cause excess mortality in 2021 compared to 2020. Now, there were 18 states, though, that saw improvement in the amount of estimated all-cause excess mortality versus expected deaths. Here are the 18 states, and here's their rate of improvement. Rhode Island at 17.6%, South Dakota at 13.9%, New Jersey at 13.2%, New York at 10.5, North Carolina at 10.5, West Virginia at 8.9, North Dakota 8.4, South Carolina 7.5, Nebraska 6% better, Iowa 5.5% better, Maryland 4.8, Louisiana 2.7, Wisconsin 2.5, Pennsylvania 1.1, Minnesota 0.9, Connecticut 0.7, and Indiana 0.2. Now these states, so the first list we showed you how every state did in terms of what it in terms of what was expected this year with deaths in 2021 or last year and then what its actual rate of all cause excess mortality was only two states saw a decrease Rhode Island 6.9% and North Carolina 1% these 18 states saw an improvement from where they were with that number in 2020 Now, what do these 18 states have in common? (laughs) Not much, actually. Um, There are states here on this list that are going to be among the most open. We'll show you those in a moment. 
states that were the most open prior to the jabs and most prior to most closed, so we can't even get into the whole natural immunity argument. Uh, states that are among the most jabbed, states that are among the least, states that are right in the middle of, of both criteria. In other words, this data is completely random. Completely random. But there's one correlation here. There is one. 13 of the 18 states that made this list had the best performance over a year ago because of northern seasonality, meaning that their seasonality takes place in the winter. So it spans two different calendar years. You see what I'm yeah. saying here? Okay. So we don't yet know if the northern wave improvement will hold up for another two months of winter. We don't know that. But if it does, we also have to recognize that northern seasonality took place with the mostly milder Omicron variant dominant. So it should have. While the entire Sunbelt wave last summer was entirely the far more Delta variant, far more virulent Delta variant. So this is important to remember for what I show you later. Is these northernmost jabbed states when looking at these numbers have two built-in advantages to this formula. One, their seasonality is in the winter, so therefore it encompasses two calendar years. So we don't really have a verdict for it, the northern seasonality yet because we're into 2022 and we're barely halfway through the winter. Actually, not even halfway. Secondly, they got a different strain. They got full-throated Omicron. Here in the north. Down south, y'all got full-throated Delta. So keep that in mind for later. There should be, with those built-in advantages, a marked difference in the performance of the northern states. Fair? Yeah. Marked difference. Now, regardless, 32 states, 64% of the states in this country did worse with all-cause excess mortality over expected deaths in 2021 than they did in 2020. 64% of them did. And that's despite, again, giving out over 500 million doses of jab in 2021 that we didn't have in 2020. Now, those states that I had, if you're watching, I had in bold and italics a moment ago. I did that to mark the states that were the most open and most closed as of April 1st, 2021. I think I erroneously gave Aaron March 1st. That's my bad there on the graphic, Aaron. Uh, now, this is according to analysis of nationwide coronavirus restrictions that WalletHub did at the time for its financial clients. Now, April 1st is a key date because that's 30 days after all three jabs were now approved for emergency use authorization by the FDA. The final one was the J&J jab on February 27th. And when you factor in that you're not considered to be fully jabbed until 14 days after you have received the decisive shot of that product, we're in the very, very early days of mass jabbing here. Okay? So we have a pretty good handle on where everybody would have been with natural immunity in terms of how free their states were compared to everybody else. Now, according to WalletHub, the states I had bolded were the dozen most open prior to mass jabbing. Now, why did I go with the dozen most open and most closed? Well, there's 50 states. 
So I do 12 that are the most open, 12 that are the most closed. That gets me to 24, almost half of the country. That's a pretty good statistical representative sample. I'm not cherry picking here. All right. So, so here were the most closed states prior to the mass jab rollout on April 1st, 2021, when looking at the totality of state and local coronavirus restrictions. Number one, Vermont. Number two, Delaware. Number three, Washington. Number four, Virginia. Uh, five, New York. Six, California. Seven, Connecticut. Eight, Maine. Nine, Rhode Island. Ten, New Jersey. Eleven, Minnesota. Twelve, Michigan. Notice anything in common there? Every one of those states voted for Joe Biden in 2020. According to the same analysis, these were the states that were the most open on April 1st, 2021, as we were just beginning the mass jab rollout. Number one, our home state of Iowa. Number two, Florida. Number three, Wyoming. Four, South Dakota. Five, Texas. Six, Alaska. Seven, South Carolina. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine, Mississippi. Ten, Montana. Eleven, Idaho. Twelve, Missouri. Notice anything familiar about those states? Every one of them voted for Trump. Now, this is the average fully jabbed rate of the 12 most closed and open states as of today, according to the Beckett Hospital Review. So these numbers are current right now. All right. The most closed states average 71.1% of their people are double jabbed or more. Those most open states average 55.3%. That's a pretty dramatic difference. So remember what I said before? Those northern states got an advantage in this study because their winter seasonality carries over into a second calendar year. And so we're, 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 we're counting their 2021 seasonality, but it's not done yet, right? It's not even at the halfway mark. Secondly, they got the Omicron variant, right? Predominantly for, for, for the vast majority of what's going to be their winter their northern winter seasonality, when for the vast majority of its southern seasonality, the Sun Belt got the far more virulent Delta. So those are two built-in advantages, and now there is a stark increase in the level of being double-jabbed or not between these states that are the most closed and the most open. Remember this for later, all right? Now, this is the average percent increase of estimated all-cause excess mortality versus expected deaths in 2021 of the 12 most open and closed states uh, pre-jab rollout. I'm going to throw, yeah, to me, any, any statistician, would, any statistics guy, easy for me to say, would say you got to throw Rhode Island out because it's going to so blow the curve. Everybody else is in a negative situation except one state that's barely above the Mendoza line, and here's Rhode Island at nearly a 7% increase. So we're going to throw them out because that would, that, they would represent like 40% of the difference between the two states or the two slate of states. And you can't have one state do that. That throws your numbers out. So we're going to throw Rhode Island out here, okay? The most closed states, all right, they increased uh, by uh, by uh, 13.1%. That's on average. Their all-cause excess mortality over expected deaths increased by 13.1%. The most open states, 14.3%, despite three inherent disadvantages in this study. 
the more virulent strain during their seasonality. The totality of their seasonality is accounted for in these numbers. It's not in the North because of the calendar rollover. And they are demonstrably less jabbed. And yet the difference without Rhode Island, even if you throw in Rhode Island, it just jumps to 11.4% over 14.3. In other words, if you take away Rhode Island as one of the two states to improve its estimated all-cause excess mortality in 2021 as an outlier, the states that were the most closed prior to the jab rollout, allegedly for safety reasons, and are significantly more jabbed collectively now today than the states most open. They inhibited all of that freedom and they risked all of that experimentation on their citizens for a total net improvement of 1.2% in estimated all-cause excess mortality. That's it. A 1.2% net gain. That's it. Now, some of you are going to say, but Steve, there's a lot of lives in that 1.2%, and indeed there is. But now it's time to look at the other side of this equation. Was the juice worth the squeeze? According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, eight of the 12 most open states ended 2021 with an unemployment rate below the national average. Meanwhile, three of the worst unemployment rates in the country are from the 12 most closed states. And only three of those states currently have unemployment rates below the national average. At the same time, four of the states with the lowest cost of living in 2021 were among the 12 most open states, while only one of the 12 most closed states made the list. According to the Mental Health Alliance, seven of the 12 worst states in the country in 2021 for youth mental health were among the most closed states. Zero of the most open states made that list. Zero. The South where five of the 12 most most open states are located, was the only one of the four regions in the country to see positive population migration, according to U.S. Census data from July 2020 to July 2021, while the Northeast, where seven of the 12 most closed states are located, was the hardest hit by evacuees. In other words, this isn't just a quantity of life issue, it's a quality of life debate. So in conclusion, here's what we can say. This was all for nothing. Those who most closely followed Fauci's core tenets of lockdowns and endless jabs did slightly outperform those who most resisted in raw numbers when it comes to the estimated all-cause excess mortality, but that came at a high quality of life that at the very least erased, wiped out those gains and made it a point of diminishing returns. And that's before, folks, we even dig into the long-term adverse side effects of these experimental jabs and or the long-term cost of denying treatments for other maladies and mental health issues from longer lockdowns, which are still to come in future years. Finally, when you consider the average age of a COVID death in America is almost the exact average life expectancy in America, and then how many deaths would have been avoided? without shunning or denying effective early treatments, then it really becomes obvious that Fauciism is either the greatest failure in the history of human medicine or the greatest success in the history of Western authoritarianism. Gentlemen, your thoughts. This could have been 
the I'm trying to finding the language over and over and over again to say what we've been saying here on this show for going on two years now. Steve told you earlier today about a bottle of vitamins that he sent to a buddy to help him. That could have and should have been us from the very beginning. That should have been our all hands on deck. And that we did everything that we did and have data points like this. There's there's no way around the fact that our society, if it doesn't end here within the next couple of years because of what we've done with COVID and Biden, it's it's going to end if there are not consequences for the people who did this to us. They they need to pay, and it's not just because of vengeance, and I feel some vengeance, but because it is just, and no ordered society can get things this drastically wrong and not ultimately have a level of recompense that lets genuine healing begin and move forward. We can't just walk away from this rot and wash our hands of it and expect our kids aren't going to have to deal with another avalanche of the same because the people will know they can get away with it. They killed people. By doing all of the voodoo that they did, great, with expansive treasure used to do this, just the debt we put ourselves in. And it could have been, hey, buddy, I've got all of medical history, as Scott Atlas has said, all that knowledge and the basics of nutrition. And we're going to get through this. And we're not going to lose our damn minds. I, I'm getting worse at this, I think. Because language fails. Language fails to diagnose how the so-called most educated people in the history of man and the amount of time they become experts at something. And they're still right now trying to choke us with those damn words. Experts everywhere. We've got the worst experts ever. We are without excuse, and somebody needs to pay. I am simultaneously you know, the multi, uh, the the multiple voices, uh, like the crazy voices, and then you know whatever's left of the sane voices. Simultaneously, elated that from the word go. The real data, even polished up by institutions like the CDC to benefit their narrative, the data has been on our side from the word go. Has been on the side, I should say, of truth. And we have been trying to follow the truth as much as we can. Don't want to be like Fauci saying our side is the... No, we're just trying to follow the truth. Their narrative has not from the word go. It's been about... Anything but. It's been about dollars. It's been about authoritarianism. It's been about a lot of things. A lot of things not involving science. 
or saving people's lives. On the other hand, though, I'm, el I'm, I'm elated, but I'm also dejected because the justice that we need to begin, that healing that Todd talks about, mm. it, it, it seems so far away. It seems almost impossible. It, it, impossible. It, it just seems like everybody who would actually make that happen, no matter how much we cajole or encourage them to, they were in on the scam from the beginning for their own selfish reasons, for their own flat earth reasons. So that's where I am. The, the truth wins in the end. The truth wins. People who deserve justice may not get it, but I pray, I pray that they will. In this life or the next. We are lamenting the loss of critical thinking in our culture and our friends over at Annie's Kit Clubs. They would like to do something about it. They've got their genius boxes for parents to help you raise critical thinking and inquisitive children who will ask their own questions to find out their own answers rather than being inculcated or indoctrinated. And they've got uh, activities that explore everything from geology to chemistry, aerodynamics, and more. Perfect for ages, for kids aged 7 to 12. These things empower not just your critical thinking, but your imagination too. They can, and they can walk you through multiple amazing projects each and every month. So if you want to have your kid design a hovercraft, examine fossils, build robots that might umpire future Major League Baseball games, Todd. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> as soon as I heard this story over the weekend, I, I had you in my mind's eye in a fetal position somewhere or, or going full Major League. Bleep you, Joe Boo. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, back to Annie's Kit Clubs. If you want to take advantage of uh, these that have incredible value of helping your kids to learn better critical thinking skills, go to annieskitclubs.com slash Steve, A-N-N-I-E-S, Kit Clubs with an S, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Save 50% off your first box when you do at annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Okay, let's get to it. We kind of shortchanged Getter last week who came through with a high volume of questions. So we had a little extra time this week for our Ask Me Anything. We decided to go back to that well and, and give more Getter people a platform. And so, Todd, you selected the questions again. Aaron, you may begin. All righty. We will begin, if my email loads, with Jeremy Herman. Please find comparison data on all-cause mortality pre-vaccine and pandemic versus post-vaccine rollout. Late 2020 versus late 2021, all-cause mortality should provide compelling data regarding vaccine safety. Do you think that's an interesting thought? I do. I do. I mean, I, I, I think that some of his question is already answered within the framework of looking at 2021 with jabs and 2020 without them. Mm -hmm. Now, the one reason that well, – I could think of more reasons, but one reason off the top of my head – for why I think his suggestion could be a good one is if you want it, like for example, somebody emailed me and said, I've actually gotten several emails from people. Well, I thought, you know, I thought Georgia should have been on the list. I lived here. We were pretty open or I lived here. We were pretty open. Georgia like was 12th on that list of the, of the most open States. 
Because remember, they're factoring in local restrictions as well, and you've got the full county nut jobs there, right? Okay. So you don't have so Brian Kemp reopened his state, but he didn't do what Ron DeSantis did, which is like punish Miami Dade and Broward County if they if they tried to go back to COVID stand. All right. But even if, you know, whether we went to the 12th rated state or, or the 15th rated state or the 10th rated, it wouldn't make that big of a difference in terms of the overall statistical profile. Okay. Because we're still within the same ecosystem of data. One good argument for what he wants to do is you, if you wanted to poke a hole at this, you could say, well, all these estimates are off because we had an event that threw all these estimates off, right? Right. And that's true, okay? But that's why I focused more on the percentage of increase over what was expected as opposed to the actual hard numbers to try to account for that. That's also why I broadened the sample beyond just a few states to 12. So we got a median number from the top and a median number from the bottom, right? Yes. But the one, but that still's not 100% foolproof. The one area that would give us more of a control group is to look at these numbers pre-COVID. He's right about that. Okay. All right, uh, let's go to Clown World NFTs. Steve, if you divide racism by the number of genders, how many climate change is that? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Infinite is the number. as Or maybe a better answer, as many as it takes. Joey G69 says, what are your thoughts on the 2022 Olympics? Watch and support, don't watch and protest? I, I could not have less interest. Like negative integers. Well, take this from the perspective, because you're not an Olympics fan anyways, but just like you, I've your never, commentary on the Ukraine today and how yeah. things change, like as a geopolitical event that you would acknowledge is, it brings people mm-hmm. and the world together that otherwise, you know, what do you think? Set aside your loathing of Olympics. And well, just, I don't loathe the Olympics. I don't think I've communicated that. I'm not, I'm not a fan as much as I used to be when I was a kid. I mean, during the Cold War, I watched it all the time, particularly the Summer yeah. Olympics. The Winter Olympics, there's a lot of sports I just don't care about other than like hockey and a couple of others. Um, that that sort of Cold War, again, I was a Reagan baby, man. That, that Cold War America, we're America bitch, is gone now, right? They're even holding the damn things in Beijing, okay? Um, they're already telling athletes not to speak out about human rights abuses. I, there, I, I saw a story the other day. Uh, that uh, Media Research Center picked up on, claiming that Enos Cantor, the NBA player, is a CIA plant. The Chinese are saying in their propaganda news over there that Enos Cantor is a, a, a CIA plant into the NBA in order to speak uh, lies about the Chinese regime. Folks, first of all, I grew up in an era when our CIA, when our CIA did stuff like that, okay? I grew up in an era where the CIA broke the damn law to fund anti-communists. You and I grew up in that era. Yeah. They broke the law to fund anti-communists. Okay? I'm totally... De- that's my... That's my CIA right there. You and Ollie North? Yeah, breaking <laughs> the damn law to, to go after the anti... to fund the anti-communist. Hell, if I was old enough, I'd have sent him a check myself. All right? That's my CIA. That's the CIA I grew up with. That is... That is the... Because we're America, bitch. I like them apples. That That's the era you and I grew up in. And the Olympics played out in a, it, it, along with that as a subplot, as a backdrop, right? That's all gone now. And so now it's really just about how much do I care about, you know, watching curling? Not very, you know? Uh, so um, the patriotic backdrop is gone for me. Mo- too many of these folks anyway, I think, wouldn't have to be 
um, wouldn't have to be lectured to to not speak out about Chinese human rights abuses because I think a lot of them have just been wokeified and would prefer that we were more like China anyway, right? So I, there's just not a lot of that Americana there left for me anymore. And I think it's similar to what I was talking about last hour with my views on what's going on in Ukraine. I just think the fact of, that we moved the all-star baseball game because of the George Floyd nonsense, yet are having the Olympics in China during COVID is so preposterous mm-hmm. that Smod should come now. Alrighty, Rue. Let's uh, move on to uh, Tam Chan One mask psychosis. Are you not comply or are you complying to mandates in the stores? If not. How do you handle those that confront or harass you? It is becoming a serious issue again. We're back to 99% wearing masks and fearing for their lives again, and people are getting confrontational again. I'm guessing that comes from someplace like California or New York. I I just... I can't remember the last time I got a sideways look for not wearing a mask. I can't either. I've seen a little bit more mask wearing here in Iowa with um, with, with winter seasonality here, but... I've worn a mask in this state twice in seven months, eight months. When was like last April, May? So like eight months, okay? And both those times, it was to go to the doctor. It was a... it was it was when I had the freaking finger infection on Christmas night. I had to go to the ER for that. And then... You know, for at my age now, you know, the uh, preemptive uh, annual heart checkup, that was it. So I can't really relate to that. Um, A lot of um, the vast majority of that's been gone in our state for quite a while now. So I I just I'm I'm sorry, I can't really relate to it. It's it's my point about all the data that Steve provided. I think you're as exasperated as I was in trying to could beg, borrow, plead, whatever, into the appropriate amount of action to deal with this. See, I I know you want this to go away, but then what? What are you prepared to do? Either with your own individual life to change uh, who has control over your life, or there, if you're going to stay, to make people pay. You only have two options right now, and writing to us is not going to help you. We like to hear from you, but honestly, you need you need to pick fights if you're going to stay there. It's I don't know any other way to do it. Um, one uh, another one, not one more. One dog gal says, "What's the latest on the movie?" We have uh about. 90% of the movie is filmed and in the can. Uh, the last 10% will actually be filmed this week in Texas, and I'm not telling you where. Uh, and um, and then we just go full bore into post-production and figure out how we're going to distribute the film. So things are progressing well on that front. Is there a need? I'm the one who hasn't. I've read the book a bunch of times, but I have not read the script and the script is obviously has to go in different directions. Is there any need for special effects in this film? Uh, 
Yes. Hmm. Yeah. But that was dealt with in Oklahoma. Interesting. By and large. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, M. Hireman says, if you were not in politics and or media business, uh, what's one podcast you'd listen to the most, excluding Beck and Horowitz? Also, what's the one pastor you would listen to the most? Good question. Um, You'd be into a Rogan? I could, I could see that depending on the topics. I yeah. mean, if you if you go to his topic list, there's several days in a row I just would not care. You know, I don't care about pot or any of that crap. Okay, you know. So, but um, that would be one. Um, I mean, before I got into this business, I was a fairly um, devoted consumer of this content now podcasts and these things didn't exist yet before i got into this business i got into this business right when all this stuff was being created but i mean i would have i would have you know who was i watching or listening to before that um rush uh beck um you know so i think those things would have still uh been uh, within my wheelhouse at that point and then on the theological side, I, I guess I'm just so hesitant to give out any recommendations anymore, man. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, and you'll notice I've, you know, after the whole Ravi Zacharias thing, I, I think an entire calendar year of 2021 went by and I gave out like no theological content recommendations. Did you notice that? I just, Probably, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I, Cause I, I listen to several. I just, I don't know that I feel confident or comfortable telling you, you know what? I'll give you R.C. Sproul Sr. because he's dead. All right. I mean, so he's dead now. He's passed on. So there's there's one. Okay. Um, make 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 your suggestions dead guys. You know. So how's, how's that? It's the best we can do. Okay. Uh, John KX says the Indiana legislature constantly says they cannot protect our state from federal mandates. They say that federal law overrides override state law. And that they are powerless to help. Are Florida and Iowa truly pushing back successfully, or are they making it up? What happened to states' rights? It seems extremely important for citizens to understand the law. What, fe- what, 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 what federal law? Yeah. Point me to the federal law on lockdowns. Point me to the federal law on jab mandates. Executive orders are not law. Presidents can't make law. Lawmakers do. So what, what's the what's the federal law on mask mandates? There's a there is a guidance from the FAA on airplanes, okay. And since they regulate air travel, it is enforced by the airlines. We don't really know what would happen if the air, if if an airline or the airlines just decided we're not going to enforce it anymore. My guess is they would face some kind of fines and then they would take those fines to court and this whole thing would be adjudicated like what we just we did with the jab that. andates I, on Moshe. I'm, we might see that too. We might see that too. I don't know. But what laws? What what are these statutes? What where was this mm-hmm. where was Trump's signing ceremony for 15 days to flatten the curve? Where where was that? Where did where did where did Biden uh, institute a, where, you know, in the Rose Garden? Everybody wear a mask for 100 days. What what law? What laws are we talking about? Remember when the ramen king dude pantsed Cuomo by, you know, the guy who munched on yeah, ramen? Yeah, I forgot point, about that guy. Pointed at, 
Chris yeah. Cuomo said that's not in the Constitution. He yeah. just put that's actually in the Constitution. Yes. Yeah. I would do the same thing here. It's like 10th Amendment, bro. Um, it's just that, that I, I think you were asking the question are we making up that Iowa is doing something better? I like the only people making anything up is anybody at the federal level. Bang. Who yes. is tell is telling you that everything that happens at the federal level supersedes everything that happens Correct. at the state level. I mean, yep. it's it's explicitly mentioned in the Constitution that that is not so. Ask them. Ask your legislators. Then why do you why do you guys meet? What are you guys doing here? Then why are we funding you? Let's just cut out the middleman. Just wait for edicts from Washington. And I mean, what what are you here for? Why are we why are we funding you? Why are you here? What are you doing? What's your job, by the way? When, when they ref, why do they refer to as lawmakers? What, what laws are we talking about? Hey, if you are sensitive about your hair loss, I've got <clears throat> great news for you because Keeps has you covered. They offer doctor-recommended, clinically proven, research-backed treatments to stop hair loss <clears throat> and improve your hair growth. Keeps physicians will help you select the right products and treatments for your specific condition and hair goals. All Keeps treatment plans are delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy because they use the generics. Your plan also comes with a full year of unlimited messaging so you can connect with your doctor about anything, anytime. And with Keeps, you get quality expert care without visiting a doctor's office or pharmacy. So whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of your hair, Keeps has you covered. Hair loss stops with Keeps. And right now, you get 50% off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S, K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today? Well, I I think, unfortunately, you're not done talking about data, but your attempt to put a nail in the coffin, I mean, we're dealing with the undead here. But thank you once again for doing all that legwork and when people simply won't because they love living in the fog. It's been two years of you doing what no one else will do. Hmm. Well, no one can say they were not warned, right? We'll stick around, record overtime for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.